Good evening. Welcome once again to our lecture divina. We begin with our prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name, so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good, and by your watchful care, keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So once again, welcome. And if you remember, last Lecture Divina, we started with the second reading of Paul to the Romans. And we tried to connect, connect that with the Gospel. This coming Sunday is about St. Peter, a continuation of the Gospel we have heard last Sunday. And this is taken from Matthew 16, verses 21 to 27. That's the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Before we go to the Gospel, let's see first. The first reading, so this time we take it from the Old Testament and not from the second reading. So, this coming Sunday will be taken from the book of Jeremiah. You remember about Jeremiah? We have spoken about Jeremiah in the other lecture divinas, and we have seen that Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. Jeremiah was one of the major prophets. You remember that there are five major prophets. We have Isaiah, Jeremiah, of course, Ezekiel, Baruch, Daniel. Of course, there is still the book of Lamentation, but they believe that the book of Lamentation was written also by Jeremiah. And then there are all the other 12 minor prophets because what they have written was shorter than the major prophets who have written a longer book. So, Jeremiah belongs to the major prophets, and he belongs to the pre-exilic prophet. That means, he was a prophet before the Israelites were taken to Babylon to be exiled. So, he was already telling the people, warning the people during that time to, to behave well, but they were not listening. You know very well that the prophets are the spokespersons of God to the people. And they remind the people to be faithful to their duties, to be faithful to God, especially in fulfilling the commandments and covenant with God. So, they are actually preoccupied with their relationship with God, Yahweh. And so, if they are not faithful, these prophets, they admonish, they also reprimand, they stand up even against the kings of Israel. And they see the present, also in the future, through the eyes of God. Now, as I have said, Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. Why? Because in the preaching of Jeremiah, um, we shall see that he would convey to the people the anger of Yahweh to his people. Why? Because God Yahweh deplored the immorality the apostasy, superficiality of their leaders, and foretold the destruction of Jerusalem that will happen sometime in the year 587-586 before Christ. 
Eh, kung ikaw naman ang profeta niyan, medyo mag-aalinlangan ka na you will convey to the people the anger of Yahweh. Remember, Jeremiah was called when he was still young. Uh, we are sure that he was below 20 years old. In some books, he was only 17 years old. So who will believe him? He was reluctant actually to convey the, uh, the words of God to the people of Israel. So, but he has to do it since he was chosen by God to be the, the prophet. And therefore, since he was actually a prophet and he was conveying the anger of Yahweh to his people, his experiences were rather negative. In fact, he led a very lonely life. Not only because he was unmarried. Hindi naman lahat na unmarried ay lonely, di ba? But because eh, many of his friends and relatives avoided him. <laughs> Why? Because his messages were not so positive. Nakagalit. No? And then, of course, another thing is that he was not so successful in his sermons. Kokonti lang nakikinig sa kanya. In fact, some people, they don't even see him or listen to him. And therefore, he became a very unpopular prophet. Hey, meron bang popular na prophet? Wala. Even Jesus Christ said, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. This one is Jeremiah. He was not really accepted by the people. Because the words of Yahweh was really very difficult to accept. Imagine he was foretelling the people that one day Jerusalem will be destroyed because you are not faithful to the commandments of God Yahweh. Another experiences of Jeremiah was that people, as I've said, were not listening to him. And then his friends actually was not only avoiding him, but also they were becoming his enemies. Ang hirap, no? Ang hirap ng buhay ni Jeremiah, di ba? Kung ako kay Jeremiah, talagang uh, wala, madidiscourage ka rin, no? Imagine, wala kang kakampi, no? Ang kakampi mo lang si God. God Yahweh. Eh, mukhang iba pa yung experience ni Jeremiah. Makita natin this uh, Sunday. Ano yung reading na yun, no? And then people hate him because of this. And finally, he was also persecuted and imprisoned so much so that people wanted also to kill him. Uh, well, some of the prophets were killed. Uh, if you have seen already, you remember Isaiah. No, he was uh, cut into half no, by the saw. So Jeremiah, more or less, we don't know exactly how he died, but they believe that he was also persecuted and was killed by his own people. And so, this coming Sunday, we will hear these words of, of Jeremiah. Because of all these experiences, we will hear these words of Jeremiah. You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. Uh, you deceived me. Ang ibig sabihin ng dupe, para bang niloko mo ako, di ba? At nagpaloko naman ako sa inyo. <laughs> yun, ang, yun ang sinabi ni Jeremiah. All the day, I am an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Huh? Whenever I speak, I must cry out, Violence and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. 
But then it becomes like a fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. I grow weary holding it in. I cannot endure it. So because of these negative experiences of Jeremiah, somehow he was lamenting, he was complaining to God. You duped me, diba? Whenever I speak, I speak something negative to the people, violence, outrage in my message. But then there is this word of God, no? Na hindi niya pwedeng hindi ilabas eh. Otherwise, it becomes like a fire burning in his heart, you know, imprisoned in his bones, no? He cannot just keep quiet. He has to say it, you know, being the prophet of God. So this word of God somehow is heavy, yes, but he has to say it. So in other words, what can we learn from the first reading? And that somehow it will be connected to the gospel. Well, from the experiences of Jeremiah, we will see that sufferings and persecutions are part of the life of a prophet who follows God's ways. Kung prophet ka, kung disciple ka ni Lord, kung ikaw ay sumusunod sa commandments of God, kung sinusundan mo ang daan ni Jesus, ikaw rin ay uusugin. Ikaw rin ay makakaranas ng kahirapan. And that is part of it. To be a disciple of Christ, to follow God, you will experience sufferings and persecution and that we will see in the gospel. Okay, so let's go now to the gospel reading. And as I've said, the gospel is taken from the gospel of Matthew. We are still in Matthew and this time is somehow is a continuation of what we have heard in the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let us now realize that we are in God's presence. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, we are now in the Meditatio. Let's see now what we can learn from this gospel by first understanding the gospel text in its context. You know, it's very important that we understand the text we just heard in its proper context. Please remember that this event, the gospel we just heard, uh, is a turning point in the gospel of Matthew and in the succeeding Sundays in ordinary time until the solemnity of Christ the King. Because if you notice, there are some words that somehow is new, especially for the disciples. May I ask you, for example, what are some of these verses or passages that caught your attention? What verse somehow that comforted you? What verse somehow challenged you? Uh, I'm sure many of you is challenged by the, the words of Jesus. He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Uh, so it's just like trying to remember the experiences of Jeremiah when he became the prophet. That somehow he has a cross to carry, you know, as a prophet. So this one is connected to the gospel that we will see this coming Sunday. And this event is a turning point. Why? Why is it is a turning point? Because if you remember last Sunday, we were told of Peter's confession of his faith in Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. You remember? He was somehow rewarded by Jesus Christ no? by telling Peter, Peter, you are rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. Okay? And then I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You have just confessed something that was revealed by my Father in heaven. That you confess that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then, this coming Sunday, we will hear Jesus explicitly announcing to the disciples His suffering and death on the cross in Jerusalem and His resurrection. So this will be the first time that Jesus explicitly announcing his suffering and death on the cross. And that will be in Jerusalem. And then the third day, the resurrection. So that's the reason why it is a turning point because it was never heard before. And from this time onwards, there will be kind of a focus towards that. The suffering, death, and resurrection. So let's see now. Verse by verse. Verse 21. From that time on, this one I added from that time on, but because that was in the original, but what you will hear this coming Sunday, they have removed that. But it's important that phrase from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders and chief priests. And the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Verse 22, Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. And verse 23, He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does but as human beings do. 
Wow, these are strong words of Jesus to Peter. But in, the ver- in verse 21, as I have said, it started with this phrase, from that time on, which means Jesus begins to reveal his tragic destiny to which he looks forward. From that time on, this is the first time that he will announce his suffering and death on the cross. From that time on, he will reveal what will happen to him later on. And if you remember the Gospel of last Sunday, how did it end? How did it end? After the confession of Peter that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, after Jesus Christ made him the rock on which he will build this church, after he gave the keys, the symbol of authority, what, that, what did we hear after that? If you remember, Jesus told them, uh, commanded them not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Bakit kaya sinabi ni Jesus yun sa mga apostoles niya? Na wag mo nang sabihin sa iba na siya yung Messiah. Siya yung anointed one, Christ. Bakit kaya? Well, it's very clear. Because Jesus felt that they were not ready yet to accept that he was the Messiah. Because they will not understand what it means to become a Messiah. Because here, as Jesus revealed to his disciples that he will suffer greatly in the hands of the scribes, the Pharisees. That was not in their mind, a Messiah that is suffering. So little by little, Jesus is revealing himself, not only to Peter, but to all his disciples, that he will be a suffering Messiah. So this is the first direct proclamation of Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, that perhaps they were not ready. Then there will be two other occasions wherein Jesus will give this revelation. You will find that also in Matthew 17, verses 22 to 23. For the second time, He will tell His disciples that the Son of Man will be handed to the scribes and Pharisees, in the hands of the scribes and Pharisees, and He will suffer greatly. And then, on the third day, no, He will rise. No? So, And then, in the Matthew 20, verses 18 to 19, again, that he will be mocked, he will be scourged, he will be crucified, and but then he will be raised on the third day. So actually there were three instances that Jesus Christ was predicting, revealing his passion, death, and resurrection. But this coming Sunday is the first time. So this will take place when Jesus Christ will go to Jerusalem, it's only Matthew who indicates the place of the passion of Jesus in Jerusalem. The other synoptic gospels and John, they will not indicate. But for Matthew, it's very clear that he is going to Jerusalem, the city, the symbol of his passion and death. And there is a word here that should catch our attention. And what is that word? The word must. Jesus must go to Jerusalem. And this refers to the promises of God, though sad and painful, have to be fulfilled for the salvation of the world. Must. In the Greek, it is day. Everybody say day. Day. Dali naman, no? Day. Ibig sabihin yan, must. Eh, Hindi ba kayo nababaghana na bakit kaya must, that Jesus must go 
to Jerusalem. Parang wala na siyang choice, di ba? In fact, you remember in the Gospel of Luke, we, we heard also the same thing. Uh-huh. If you remember the Emmaus disciples, remember when he were, they were journeying, uh, avoiding Jerusalem because they were very sad no? that Jesus Christ was crucified, then he died. And then Jesus Christ started walking with them and explained to them the scriptures. And then he said to them, was it not necessary? So it's must. Was it not necessary that Christ must suffer, should suffer these things? So, itong word must, parabang is already a destiny. Dapat mangyayari. Kahit na pang mangyayari, mangyayari yan. So, ang tanong dyan eh, talaga mangyayari? Was it because siya ay naghirap, siya ay pinako, was it because of the stubbornness of the Pharisees and elders? Was it because of the sins of these Pharisees, elders, and scribes, etc., etc., that he suffered and then he was crucified? Or was it more of the Father's plan or design? Ano kaya sa palagay niyo? Dahil sa dito, must eh. So kahit ano mangyari, talagang maghihirap magbabata si Jesus at siya ipapatayin. Siya ay ipapako sa krus. Well, our answer is that it is more of Father's plan. Talagang nasa plano ng, ng Ama na yung kanyang anak ay maghihirap at mamatay. Ipapako yan sa krus. At pagkatapos siya ay muling mabubuhay. Mangyayari at mangyayari yan. E paano kung hindi stubborn yung Pharisees? Paano kung naniwala yung Pharisees or elders? Well, somebody else will not believe in Jesus. <laughs> Nagkataon lang, itong mga Pharisees and scribes did not believe in Jesus. Well, if you were living in the time of Jesus, imagine Jesus Christ this somehow no, uh, destroyed the, uh, the, the standard of, the, of the, the way the Pharisees should, should behave, even the Mosaic Law. Yung standard nila sa Mosaic Law. Jesus Christ said, But I say to you, no, so no longer an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. No? Ganyan ba? Na parabang talagang mabibigla ka. This is a new teaching. But he was teaching with authority. You see? So talagang magagalit rin talaga yung mga Pharisees and elders sa teachings ni Jesus. But it is really more of the plan of the Father in heaven. Na talagang Jesus Christ will suffer greatly. Kung, kung hindi yung mga Pharisees na yan, mga scribes, meron pang other people who will not believe Jesus that, that will bring Jesus to the cross. Talagang is part of the plan of salvation. In fact, later on, in the letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 5, chapter 15, verses 4, in the first letter, it, that's, it shows the creed of the early church that Jesus Christ was raised to life on the third day. But if you, you will read the whole, the whole text, it says there, I delivered to you what I received, that Christ died to our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Ayan, di ba? In accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures. 
parang talagang mangyayari at mangyayari because that is in accordance with the scriptures that from the Old Testament somehow this already being prepared in the making until the climax was the coming of Christ who will die for our sins and He will save us from our sins. So the climax now is the cross. It is part of God's plan. Na kahit anong mangyayari, talagang mangyayari at mangyayari. I promise and I will do it. Now, this, the, the, the focus of this coming Sunday's Gospel will be on the cross, the passion. Today, we are accustomed to this passion and death of Jesus on the cross about which He speaks in this verse. Kahit naman tayo, every year, we try to commemorate, we remember the passion death of Jesus Christ, particularly on Good Friday. Diba? Yun nga lang, during this pandemic, we were not able to celebrate it well because we were in our houses, you know, and we, we just had an online Mass. But even... Every year in Pampanga, we remember there is this reenactment of this crucifixion. In other words, we are no longer shocked by the cross. However, please remember, during the time of Jesus, the cross was the infamous wood of punishment, the mere mention of which made one shudder. Ngayon, medyo sanay na tayo. Although there are some people who are scandalized no, by the cross. In fact, meron nga gusto magpasa ng bill na tanggalin daw yung mga crucifix sa mga hospitals. No? Lalo na if they are not Catholics when they see the, the cross, para bang uh, they feel uneasy. Uh, I know a Muslim, when he sees the cross, no, para bang he is uneasy. Parang ayaw niyang tignan. <laughs> because they don't know the meaning of that cross. That cross is the sign of God's love. That cross is the sign of salvation. Yes, during the time of Jesus, it was really humiliating. It was an infamous wood of punishment. In fact, the cross was really very popular as a form of execution already during the time of Jesus. Remember in the previous lecture, Divina, I mentioned to you, one example was this Jewish king, Alexander Janus, who had crucified 800 of his enemies in the first century before Christ. And then, also the legate Varus, after the death of Herod the Great in 4 BC, he crucified about 2,000 Jews. So, parabang itong form of death penalty, medyo usong-uso during the time, especially also of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if you were Peter, and then this friend of yours, a rabbi, a teacher, will tell you, you know, I will be handed over to the hands of the Pharisees, and I will suffer, then I will be crucified. Eh, hindi ka bang yun? Imagine, he was perhaps imagining Jesus Christ already crucified. And if you look at the Holy Shroud of Turin, can you imagine how this man there in the Holy Shroud really suffered greatly? Just as the way Jesus Christ predicted that He will suffer greatly. Just imagine, this crucifix is according to the Holy Shroud. No? Just look at the, the feet, how it was really nailed on the cross. And these nails are really big. Huh? They are not just ordinary nails. And then, 
how he died, you know, all these flagellations, scourges. It's really terrible to die on the cross. So I can imagine, I can imagine Peter uh, taking Jesus aside. He, he disagreed what Jesus told him. Who would not understand Peter's violent reaction if you were in his position to hear his friend, Rabbi Jesus, telling him, you know, I will be crucified, I will die. No way! Parang yan ang sabi niya kay Jesus, no way! So Jesus turns around and speaks to Peter, calling him Satan. Eh si Pedro sabi no way! That will not happen to you. And Jesus naman, nag-react rin. Satan. Of course, nung sinabi ni Jesus na si Pedro ay si Satanas, hindi naman talaga ibig sabihin na si Pedro literally was a demon. Ha? Mukhang nakita siguro ni Jesus na mayroong demonyo <laughs> sa likod ni, ni Pedro. No? Para bang mayroon tayong nakikitang demonyo sa ibang tao. Eh, no? Para bang mayroon na bumubulong. No? O kaya mayroon sa ibang mga kaaway natin, parang demonyo itong taong ito, hindi ba? Pag sinabi natin, demonyo ka, di ba? Hindi naman ibig sabihin na yung asawa mo, demonyo. <laughs> di ba? Not literally, no? Pero parang may demonyo dyan sa, sa utak ng isang taong yan na gumagawa ng kabalastugan, no? So here also, Peter is not literally a demon. But the disciples' words are understood as a real temptation to Jesus to turn away from the path he is to follow, huh? Imagine, in accordance with the scripture, that it is more of the Father's plan that he will suffer and die. It's for our salvation. And here comes Peter blocking him. Somehow he is a, a deviation from the plan of the Father. Bang hirap nyun. Si Pedro hindi niya maintindihan. Bakit si Jesus dapat mamatay? And si Jesus naman, natural. Hindi niya pwedeng hayaan na lang si Pedro na dapat hindi siya maghirap. No. I have to follow, obey the plan of my father. And you are deviating my plan. You are like Satan. You remember when Jesus Christ was tempted in the desert? Sino yung nandoon? Si Satanas, di ba? Itong Satanas na ito was trying to deviate from the plan of the father. Para bang inasabi ng demonyo, <clears throat> Be comfortable in your life. Turn this stone into bread. Kumain ka, di ba? Or show your power, you know, throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple. Or you worship me, the devil, and I will give you all the wealth, the kingdoms of the world, you know. Parabang is trying to deviate from the original plan of God for the salvation of the world. So that is Satan. Deviating from the plan of God. Lagi namang ganun si Satanas. Uh, the plan of, of Satan is different from the plan of God. And therefore, indeed, Peter was somehow compared to this Satan. Well, alam naman natin si Pedro ay tao lamang. Yes, indeed, it's because he was just a human being. Uh, <laughs> Tao lang naman si Pedro. Ayaw lang naman niyang uh, si Jesus na maghirap at mamatay. Eh, hindi ba ikaw rin naman, no? 
kung meron kang kaibigan, tapos sasabihin, ako, maghihirap ako, ipapako ako sa krus, etc., etc. No way. I'm your friend, you know. I will be with you, di ba? I will defend you. And later on, di ba, si Pedro rin, before Jesus Christ was crucified, no? Eh, you know, Pedro, ang tapang-tapang mo ngayon, pero three times you will deny me, <laughs> di ba? So, si Pedro naman, tao lang, nag, nagkakamali din. Pero, please remember, even though Peter uh, committed a mistake, and remember, he made a mistake, just uh, after when Jesus Christ rewarded him of being the rock and then giving him the keys of the kingdom. Sa madaling salita, in good and in bad, Peter is always the leader even in difficult moment to accept the declaration of Jesus. Kahit naman si Pedro nagkakamali, eh, siya pa rin leader. Siya pa rin. Ah, siya pa rin yun rock. Nagkamali siya, okay. At the end, you know, the church that was built by Jesus Christ is not completely divine. There is the human element and there's also the divine element. Uh, even the, the, the members of the church, they are not all saints. They are also sinners. And that is the church of God. There are saints and there are also sinners. There are weeds and there are the wheat. So we just have to accept that. And even the leaders of the church, just like Peter, is just a human person. He can commit mistake. So, this is a good example of Peter who made a mistake. And later on, of course, he will redeem himself. No? When Jesus Christ again will, will tell Peter, Peter, do you love me? Diba? Three times, do you love me? Tend my sheep, feed my lambs, tend my lambs. You know? He is trying to tell, you are a leader of the church, so continue pasturing my sheep. Even though you are not perfect, it's okay. Pero the way Jesus Christ uh, reprimanded Peter was really very strong. No? You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And this is somehow a quotation from the book of the prophet Isaiah 55, verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. So you're thinking not of God's not as God does, but as human beings do. Itong passage na ito, uh, ito yung uh, pambatikos ng mga hindi katoliko. Diba sinabi natin, si Pedro ay naging bato. Siya ay naging pundasyon kung saan itatayo ni Jesus ang kanyang simbahan. Tapos ngayon, ibang klasing bato na yata yan. No? Ironically, the rock which Jesus had said would be the foundation of the church is now seen as an obstacle to the work of Jesus and His mission. Uh, you are an obstacle to me. Yun word obstacle. Uh, the, the Greek word for obstacle is skandalon. Uh, ano yung sabihin ng skandalon sa Greek? stumbling block. Uh, so, yung mga ating kapatid na, na hindi katoliko, yung mga kristyano, kaya mga protestante, sabi nila, pambihira naman yung batong yan, naging skandal. <laughs> naging skandalon. Stumbling block. Ano? Well, st- ibig sabihin po niyan, Peter, even though he was not perfect, he is 
he still remains the rock. Uh, just it means that the church founded on this rock will remain, will stand firm until the end of time. Kahit na magkaroon pa ng imperfection dyan sa simbahan na yan, even though the leaders themselves were not perfect, no? and there is no leader that is perfect, that church will still stand firm until the end of time. Kahit na meron masamang santo papa, but meron rin naman kayang masamang santo papa. Although hindi naman sila marami, no? Pero meron rin masamang santo papa. Pero kahit na meron mga masamang santo papa, eh nandiyan pa rin ang simbahan. Kahit na naging skandaloso, nandiyan pa rin ang simbahan. Kahit na nagkamali, nandiyan pa rin ang simbahan. Why? Because this church is not just of human origin. It's a divine origin. It was built and founded by Jesus Christ. Built by Jesus on rock. Here, Peter becomes a kind of a stumbling rock or a rock that trips people. Kaya yun, scandalon or stumbling block. Diba, kumisan eh, pag naglalakad ka eh, meron nakausling bato, biglang madadapa ka. So, ikaw ay scandalon. Kaya nga, pag ang isang tao na scandalize, para siyang nadapa. Diba? Hmm. <laughs> Pag na-scandalize ka sa isang tao, parang nadapa. You, and the one who gave the scandal is the stumbling block. Yan po ang ibig sabihin ng skandalon. Yan po ang ibig sabihin ng obstacle. No? So, this one is actually a, uh, a reminder for all of us that we can be a skandalon. This foundation stone becomes stumbling stone, stands as a cautionary for all of us who are called to serve with authority in the church and society. A reality that surely extends to parents with respect to their children and teachers with respect to students, etc., etc. Priests to their parishioners, mayors to their constituents, presidents to their nationals, etc., etc. In other words, all of us as leaders, we can be a stumbling block, especially if we are the cause of scandal, you become a stumbling block, especially to the young. Kaya nga, dapat mag-iingat rin tayo that we will not be the cause of scandal or we become a stumbling block, especially to those who are weak. In fact, si St. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 9, he wrote, Only take care lest this liberty of yours somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Huh? So, lalo lang na yung merong mga taong too much freedom, too much liberty, huh? eh, mag-ingat lang kayo that you not become a scandal to others. Because you remember during the time of St. Paul, lalo lang na yung mga Gentiles, no? they, they, they can't eat anything. <laughs> Kahit na yung mga baboy, yung mga karne, eh yung mga hudyo who became Christians, they cannot just eat. Ah. Itong mga baboy, hindi pa sila sanay eh. So, kung ikaw, ah, kumakain ka ng baboy, tapos yung kaharap mo, kahit na siya kristyano, mahina yung kanyang konsyensya makita na ikaw ay kumakain ng baboy. Huwag mo nang gawin sa harapan niya. Okay? Ganun ang ibig sabihin yun. Kung ikaw nakakain ka ng dinuguan, yung kaharap mo na iskandalo sa iyo, hindi ba? Eh di wag mong gawin sa harapan niya. 
kumain ka na lang kumain ka na lang mag-isa mo <laughs> para hindi ka na maging skandal no sa ibang tao so anyway there are many other examples that we we will uh, we will try to avoid causing scandal or being a stumbling block now the faith of peter will gradually be perfected on pentecost day when peter would boldly proclaim because now you see that peter was he was also scandalized ha? sa totoo lang na ayaw niya makita si Jesus na ipapako sa krus o maghihirap siya o mamamatay siya. Kaya nga, that was his reaction also. Diba? And then, little by little, he would accept. He will understand later on. After the resurrection of Jesus, he would boldly proclaim that God has made him both Lord and Messiah and this Jesus whom you crucified. So, that was his preaching already. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, Peter, being the leader of the apostles after Pentecost, he was the one who addressed the crowd in a long speech to the crowd. He told them, you know, the the fulfillment of the scriptures, that what you are seeing now, the other apostles, they are not drunk, even though they speak many languages, you know. Then he explained to the Jews that this Jesus whom you just crucified was raised to life. He is the Messiah. Now, Peter somehow accepted the crucifixion, the crucified Christ, that this crucifixion led to the glory, to the resurrection of Christ. So, But that will only mature in the Pentecost. Ngayon, hindi pa niya maintindihan. And all the other apostles, they could not understand a Messiah that would suffer. Verse 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and... Follow me, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So here comes Jesus turning to his disciples. Now, he is actually challenging them. You follow me. Pero remember, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So he was speaking now of the destiny of his disciples if these disciples of his will follow him. So as he announced his passion and death, he now turns to his disciples, follow me. But please remember, you have to accept the consequences. So he lays down conditions for one who wants to follow him done in full freedom. Uh, hindi kita pinipwersa, hindi kita pinipilit. Pero, whoever wishes to come after me, if you would come with me, uh, eh, tatanggapin mo ba na ako ay maghihirap, na ako ay ipapako, ako ba ay magiging skandalo sa iyo? Matatanggap mo ba yon? Kung ako hindi magiging skandalo sa iyo, then good for you. I will no longer be a stumbling block for you, but a stepping stone towards salvation. So here, Jesus is actually challenging His disciples. Will you accept me? Will you accept my passion and death? And if you want to follow me, are you ready to experience passion and death for my sake? If you are ready, then you become, I will become for you a stepping stone. If you are not ready to accept 
dispassion and death, then I become a stumbling block for you. I will still be a scandal for you. Okay? Just like Jesus Christ told Peter, you are a scandal to me. So, take the words of Jesus, whether the words of Jesus become a stepping stone or a stumbling block for you. Please remember what St. Paul wrote in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 23. We preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. So itong crucifixion of Christ for the Jews is still a stumbling block. Skandalon. Katitisuran. But, and for the Greeks, it is foolishness. It's hard to accept. Yes. But if you wish to follow me, whoever wishes to come after me, there are two tasks. First, you deny himself. He deny himself. And second, he has to take up his cross. Taking up his cross or denying oneself is not a suppression of one's personality. In fact, if you really want to improve yourself, how many times you have to renounce something in order to improve yourself? How many times you have to deny something about yourself in order to improve yourself? If you want to pass the exam, how many times you have to deny many things? Even the comforts in life, even watching TV or Netflix or whatnot. But then, you have to sacrifice. Lalo na na pag school year na. You have to deny something. Now, online masses. Can you do it? Are you ready to make a sacrifice focusing only on online class without doing anything else? Diba? In order to improve yourself. So it's not actually a suppression of one's personality. It is a sine qua non. It is a non-negotiable. If you want to go up, you have to suffer a little or even more in order to improve yourself. So denying oneself... That is just part of life. If we want to, to improve, if we want to experience the glory, uh, and spiritually speaking, if you want to experience the glory of Jesus and the resurrection. So, denying oneself, and then you will find, it's a paradox. Diba? He who loses himself will find it. Yan Lord And paradox is a statement that seems contradictory, but it's actually true. And it's very clear in the gospel we will hear, there's a paradox. One who loses will find. One who denies something will find, will be successful. So it's a kind of a paradox. But it is true to life. It is really our experience. To carry one's cross has become a standard expression of Christian language to mean to bear trials with courage and faith. One is to deny, another thing is to carry one's cross. And it means you have to bear trials with courage and faith. And especially in these pandemic times, we have plenty of crosses. I know this is part of our life, that we have to carry this cross. And these crosses must be, must be carried you know, with courage, with faith. So that we will profit also from these crosses. That at the end, we believe that there will be a kind of a salvation, a redemption at the end of it. Verse 26, What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? 
Kahit na makuha mo buong mundo, pero nawala naman ang iyong kaligtasan, eh anong nakuha mo? Wala. This one is actually reminding us of Luke chapter 12, verse 16. When you remember the parable of the rich fool. When the rich fool had plenty of harvest, bountiful harvest that he needs to, 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 to just to relax, and he built a larger barns, you know, in order to, to accumulate all this bountiful harvest. And then God told him, you know, this night your soul is required of you. Saan mapupunta lahat yan, tinatago mong yan? Kaswapangan mo. <laughs> Hindi ka nagbibigay sa iba. No? So, kahit na ang dami mong yaman, saan mapupunta yan? Lahat ng yaman mo, kung ikaw rin ay mamamatay. Diba? So, what profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? And then verse 27 The Son of Man will come with His angels in His Father's glory, and then He will repay all according to His conduct. So at the end, we will all be repaid according to our conduct. Please remember, we are still in the Gospel of Matthew. And this verse 27 somehow is referring to the to the end of time or to the second coming of Christ at the end God will judge us and he will repay he will reward us according to our conduct and if you remember in Matthew 25 verses 31 to 35 or 33 there you will find that a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats diba the sheep at the right and the goats at the the left and he will tell the sheep come Enter into paradise. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink, etc., etc. According to our conduct, we will be rewarded. So, in the same way, at the end of time, you know, we will be rewarded if we are open to the needs of others. Peter, at the end, followed Jesus in the way of the cross. In fact, traditionally, Peter was also crucified upside down. You see, this is a very beautiful painting no? of Peter, the crucifixion of Peter. If you remember last uh, Lecture Divina, I explained to you that on this rock I will build my church, that literally on top of the tomb of Peter was a church built, the Basilica of St. Peter, no? which was built by Constantine. No? And uh, some of you were asking me, wow, this is something new for us. We never thought that, uh, that the church literally was built on the tomb of Peter. Could you explain more, for example, how it was really built? Because you mentioned that it was not easy to build that basilica on the tomb of Peter. And I mentioned to you that this basilica of Peter was built No, on the tomb of Peter and just below the altar is the tomb of Peter. Yes, I mentioned to you that it was not easy uh, for Constantine to build the basilica. Of course, this one is no longer the basilica, the original one built by Constantine. It's smaller than this, no? but it's still just directly under the the altar. And I mentioned to you that if this is the altar, that number one there, that is the tomb of Peter. 
And I mentioned to you that Peter was buried with the other pagans because there was no Christian cemetery at that time. Wala pa naman yung catacombs eh. And so Pete, Peter has to be buried somewhere. Eh saan nila ililibing kung hindi sa pagan cemetery? But this pagan cemetery were really for the rich. Mga mausoleums yan. Yung mga families doon, yung mga mayayaman, yung mga achili, tuli, ang daming mga, mga families doon, yung mga pangalan pa lang eh, bigatin na. Imagine, I mentioned to you, let's just like for example, dyan sa Heritage Park or dyan sa Manila Memorial Park when there are big mausoleums and suddenly someone will destroy all of them because for the sake of building a church because there is this simple man, a, a fisherman, was buried there. That is precisely what Constantine did. So, ito naman si Constantine, of course, he will make sure that that was really the burial site of Peter. Diba? Eh kung hindi ka sure, eh wag mong, wag mong sirain yung mga mausoleum. Pero kung sure ka, eh talagang sisirain niya for the sake of Peter. Because Peter is the leader of the apostles. And Peter somehow was given the task to be the, the vicar of Christ. Diba? He is the visible head of this visible church that was founded on rock. And there are technical problems on this because itong cemetery na yan, naka-slant yan eh. There's a slope. Kaya kung titignan yung mabuti, ganyan po yan. No? Ito yung mga cemetery, paakyat. Kaya si Constantine, if he will build the basilica, anong gagawin niya? Ipapatagin niya yan. Abay, mas mahal yun, di ba? <laughs> kung hindi ka siguradong dyan talaga yung tum ni Peter, eh wag mo nang gawin. Eh pero, eh siya, eh sure. Yun ang sinabi ng mga Kristiyano nandiyan po. So, yan, he has to, to level that. Kaya hindi, mahi, hindi madali magtayo ng simbahan. And not only that, he has to destroy all the mausoleums. Wow! If you go under the Basilica now of Peter, you will find the ruins. Ito yung mga mausoleums. <laughs> Imagine, during that time, mga may frescoes yan. Ang gaganda kaya ng mga ano dyan, libingan ng mga mayayaman. No? Pero, Constantine destroyed all of them. If you go there, you will find itong mga mosaic. Can you imagine that? Ang gaganda niyan. But they were all destroyed because Constantine built the basilica of for these fishermen, you see all these mausoleums, mga sarcophagus, and tombs of, of the rich people, of the pagans. So all of them were destroyed for the sake of the tomb of Peter. And of course, you know, even St. Paul, he was also, you know, buried, but not, not near the Vatican, but outside the walls also of, of Rome. And then, in the 20th century, they, in 1823 already, actually, they found the, the description, the marble slab on this high altar of the church of Paul outside the, the wall with this inscription that Emperor Constantine also have built the first church on top of the Apostle Paul. Huh? So, hindi lang kay Peter, meron kay Paul, because both of them were martyred in in Rome. And so here, this is the Basilica of St. Paul outside the wall. And under under that high altar, 
which is not as high as the one in St. Peter, no? but underneath that altar, there is also the, the burial site of St. Paul. Okay? So, this is just for kind of a parenthesis, no? so that we will appreciate more these two martyrs, the pillars of the apostles. Of the, of the church, particularly St. Peter, was given the authority, uh, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking of the authority because si Pedro nagkamali, hindi ba? Parang tinawag ni Jesus you're a scandal, get away from me, Satan, di ba? Okay. Kabibigay lang sa kanya ng authority. Ngayon, naging scandal pa siya. So, could you explain this authority of the Catholic Church? You know, in the previous lecture, Divina, I already mentioned to you that the authority of the Catholic Church has three legs. Uh, meron yung sacred scripture, the Bible. Meron yung sacred tradition, the apostolic tradition in particular. And the magisterium, which is the teaching office of the church. And of course, you magisterium, you will the, the basis of that is actually the the authority of Peter to teach, neighbor. And this magisterium, of course, is in conformity always with the Bible and with the tradition. Kaya it is really stable. It will stand because there are three legs in this authority of the Catholic Church. In contrast, is the authority of the Protestants na Bible alone. I'm shaky yan. Hindi yan tatayo ng mabuti kung Bible alone. Imagine, kung Bible lang, eh, para kang may simbahan o may gub- meron kang, kang bansa na constitution lang. Can you imagine a country with only the constitution? No, you should have the government para maging stable. Otherwise, kung yun country mo, constitution lang, parang church with the Bible alone. Wala. Hindi, mang, hindi tatagal yan. You should have a government. And that government is actually that magisterium. The one that has the authority to interpret. Anyway, connected with the authority is the infallibility. Dahil si Pedro, nagkamali. Eh, paano yun infallibility na tinuturo nyo? Yung Santo Papa, infallible, you know, this is one of the most uh, misunderstood doctrine of the Catholic Church. This is part of the magisterium, the teaching office of the Church. Part lang yan. But not all the teachings of the Church is infallible. Please remember that. So what is the infallibility of the Church? When, for example, Jesus Christ gave the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in Heaven. So, what is the meaning of infallibility? Kahit na si Pedro naging skandalon, stumbling block, nagkamali din siya. So, ano ibig sabihin ng infallibility? First, infallibility does not mean inerrancy. Hindi ibig sabihin, infallible ka, hindi ka nagkakamali. Infallibility does not mean inerrancy. Ang santo papo pwede rin magkamali, kahit na sa kanyang homily. <laughs> kahit na ako, pwede ako magkamali. Ang Santo Papa, minsan nagkakamali. Ay, mali yung verse. <laughs> mali yung number. Eh, eh, pwede rin magkamali siya, hindi ba? So, infallibility does not mean inerrancy. O kaya, biglang, ano siya, yung biglang nagalit, hindi ba? Parang mali rin yun, di ba? So, it doesn't mean inerrancy. Nagkakamali rin, no, ang Santo Papa. 
Infallibility does not mean impeccability. Ano impeccability? Hindi nagkakasala. Abay, nagkakasala rin ang Santo Papa. <laughs> Sometimes he sins against faith. He sins against hope. He sins against charity. Di ba? Eh, infallibility does not mean impeccability. So, ano infallibility? Infallibility means the Pope, when pronouncing solemnly and dogmatically defined doctrines on matters of faith and morals, is protected from teaching errors. The Holy Spirit is protective. Pinoprotectan siya ng Holy Spirit. That when He pronounced, please remember, solemnly, dogmatically, matters of faith and morals, He is protected from errors. This is a gift, not only for the Pope, but also for the whole Church. But the Pope participates in a special way in this infallibility because Peter was given the keys, in particular, of the Kingdom of Heaven. And this Peter, this Church, when he will be guided by the Holy Spirit, according to John 16.13, when he comes... Being the spirit of truth, He will guide you to all truth. So, ano yung sabi ng infallibility? Meron limitation na infallibility. Anong limitation yan? First, magiging infallible yan, basta solemn. Pag hindi solemn, hindi na infallible. Malinaw ba yun? Ano yung sabi ng solemn? Eh, yung formula pa lang ng doctrine. Sabi, we teach and define as divinely revealed dogma. Pag hindi yan sinabi, hindi na infallible yan. Kaya nga dapat solemn. Ang solemnity niyan, define as divinely revealed dogma. Ano yung ibig ng divinely revealed dogma? Divinely revealed dogma is conformable to the Bible, scriptures, and apostolic tradition. Divinely revealed. Yung dogma na yan, ibig sabihin, divine truths revealed by God and declared as binding. Pag divine truths, naging dogma, immutable truths na yan. Hindi na magbabago yan. Siguro yung formulation pwede magbago, but it's the same substance. So, dapat solemn. Ha? Hindi pwede yung spontaneous. Dahil sa merong Santo Papa, nagkamali, kinundem siya sa if you remember ito yung ginagamit ng ibang mga hindi katoliko no in the sixth ecumenical council in the year 680-81 meron yung heresy na monotelitism ano yung heresy monotelitism monotelitism means in Jesus Christ there is only one will yun one will na yun is divine will wala siyang human will so pag wala kang human will ibig sabihin hindi ka complete tao Diyos ka lang eh hindi pwede yun si Jesus ay Complete tao, complete Diyos. <laughs> 100% divine, 100% human. Kaya meron rin siyang human will. Kaya hindi pwedeng one will lang. Ito naman si Pope Honorius, naniniwala siya na meron si Jesus one will. Pero he never said that solemnly. Hindi niya ginawang infallible yun. Pwede rin siya magkamali, in other words, in his own personal opinion personal opinion. Kaya nga, he was also condemned in the Sixth Ecumenical Council of, uh, or they call it also the Third Council of Constantinople when they were discussing about the two wills of Jesus. So, dapat solemn. Secondly, dapat dogmatically defined on faith and morals. 
So, hindi about creation, hindi, hindi about science, hindi about coronavirus. <laughs> Mahirap maging infallible doon, di ba? It's only on faith and morals, pero dogmatically defined on faith and morals. And then, ito, importante ito eh. In order to make it solemn, it must be ex cathedra. That means, literally, ang ibig sabihin niyan, from a chair. Ex cathedra. Kaya pag ang Santo Papa nag-declare ng doctrine, uh, infallible, that it becomes a dogma, a revealed truth, he has to sit down. And then, solemnly, with the proper formula. And then, pag sinabi mong ex-cathedra, that means he is exercising his office as shepherd and teacher of all Christians. Kaya pag nag-declare siya infallible, sasabihin niya, this will be for all Christians. For all. Hindi lang po personal opinion. And then, by virtue of supreme apostolic authority. Kaya yung formulation, importante yung Pag wala yung proper formulation, hindi po infallible. Kaya nga, kukonti lang yung talagang declared infallible. Eh, huwag natin sabihin na lahat ng ganyang tinuturo infallible, ay eh, nagkamalari naman pala siya, hindi ba? So, importante na we know what it means to teachings that are infallible and teachings that are not infallible. Of course, yung mga ordinary teachings of the church, we are also invited to obey uh, and respect of these teachings even though they are not declared infallible. So, this is just for us to to uh, clarify the meaning of this infallibility because in the gospel, we have seen how Peter First, he was the rock. And then, he became a scandal. Nagkamali rin pala siya. So, yung mga bumabatiko sa simba na hindi sila pwedeng maging infallible kung ganun lang. And because we have another understanding of fungibility. The infallibility is based on the teachings of Jesus that He will send the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, that He will guide us to all truth and not to error. Let us now see how we can put into practice the Word of God we just heard, the contemplatio, and per- we can ask ourselves, Personally, when have I found that denying myself proved to be worthwhile because of what I gained afterwards? Have you experienced denying something and then after that you gained something out of this denial? or renunciation? When have I found that taking up my cross brought me life, even though at the time it may have been difficult? Have you experienced taking up your cross and giving you life? And then finally, when have I become, when have I been a stumbling block, a scandal to others? Let us now pray through the, through the Word of God that we just heard using Psalm 63. Let us pray. O God, You are my God, whom I seek. For You my flesh pines and my soul thirsts, like the earth parched lifeless and without water. Thus have I gazed toward You in the sanctuary. To see your power and your glory, for your kindness is a greater good than life. 
my lips shall glorify you. Thus will I bless you while I live, lifting up my hands, I call upon your name, and as with the riches of a banquet shall my soul be satisfied, and my exultant lips may my mouth shall praise you. You are my help, and in the shadow of your wings I shout for joy. My soul clings fast to you. Your right hand holds me fast. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, good night, and God bless you all.